shows. I am between podcasting studios. I'm uh, staying with some family right now, so I don't really have the setup I usually have. In fact, I'm actually recording this in my car before I go into work. And it's not going to be a very long episode. I have no guests or anything, but it's just something that I wanted to talk about that I saw this morning that really has been weighing on me for a little bit. And I'm full-blown manic, and I have been for the last, like, couple of weeks. And I was on a trip recently, about to take my meds with me, so it's just all kind of a mess. But I think that there's something I saw on Facebook earlier today that kind of gets into the whole miscommunication between men and women. And how some people are like, oh, men are so simple. And others are like, oh, men are so complicated. And it was a post that said something about, I think it was a female tweeting. And the tweet said something along the lines of, oh, you know, my man was upset and it was super easy to make him happy. I just showed him my boobs and gave him some food and he was happy again. Like, men really aren't that complicated. And, like, all the comments and stuff I was seeing from men and women was just all like, oh, here's all these, you know, simple things I do when my man feels bad, blah, blah, blah. And it's all sexual or food-based. And I get, like, the, the jovial nature of the post. Like, it's it's funny. Honestly, not going to lie, when I do feel depressed, like, who doesn't want to see boobs? You know, it's, it's that's an obvious, you know, smile on my face. But I think it dismisses the nature of male depression, and it dismisses the complex nature of, our brains. Like we're not we're not different creatures than women. We have different hormones. We have different thought processes for sure. But at the end of the day, we struggle with the same kind of stuff. Some of the biggest people in my peer support networks are women who understand exactly what I'm going through when I'm talking about my depression and things like that. I think we need to get away from this this stigma that these male brains are so simple. We're only ever horny or hungry. And like, no, I feel a lot more emotions I have than hungry. I mean, I'm hungry a lot, sure, but I'm also depressed a lot. I'm also excited a lot. I'm also scared a lot. And I think that just saying, oh, why don't we just give you some titty pics or why don't we just give you some tacos and feed you and then like, oh, cool, that's it, now you're happy again, cool. Well, no, the baseline problems still exist there. Whatever's making us depressed in the first place, those problems are still there, and we're not solving them. We're putting little band-aids over them or making me smile until I alone again. Next year, the depression comes right back. I think that there needs to be a lot more conversation about this. Hence why I'm sitting in my car recording this right now. Um, I don't have a ton more to say than that right now. It's, it's, it's just something that was on my mind. I want to talk about it really quick. And I think that there is a conversation to be had here that isn't being had. So... Let's have the conversation. Let's keep this mental health revolution going. If you're if you're a woman out there and you're you're dating a man or you know a couple of men who are feeling bad or depressed, be like, hey, like what's bothering you? And actually listen to them. Like, there's a reason that men are killing themselves at what one point six four times the rate that women do. You know, and I don't want I don't want the rates to match. I'd rather the rates be low for absolutely everyone. But when you have statistics showing that men are killing themselves a lot more than women there's something being neglected when it comes to men's mental health. And it's a combination of factors. It's a combination of the fact that we are not encouraged to talk about how we feel about stuff. It's a combination of the fact that if we do express our emotions openly and be open with our struggles, then we're considered weak because we struggle, which I think is complete BS because we all struggle. And I think 
men who try to be stoic or try to provide and do these different traditional masculine things probably suffer more than a lot of other people do, but they don't have the healthy outlets to express it. They don't have the opportunity to say, hey, I'm trying to do these big things, I'm struggling, help me with it. And I think a lot of men also aren't in touch with their love languages. And that's not just to apply to relationships that are romantic. It also applies to relationships that are platonic, that are your friends, that, that are just even 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 around the office. Just every interaction you have, there needs to be more of an emphasis on communication and honest communication. I mean, I don't say just meet someone on a first date and be like, hey, I'm bipolar, I've got PTSD, I've got anxiety, here's my list of problems, is your crazy math my crazy? But there is a way to be able to honestly talk about it. And I don't know. I don't know if maybe maybe I err on the side of communicating too much, but then again, I've spent a long time not communicating at all, and it made me super depressed and want to kill myself. So talking seems to help me. Well, it doesn't seem to help me. Talking absolutely helps me. And I am going to keep doing it as long as I can. And every now and then I'm going to have a little five-minute rant session while I'm sitting in the Walmart parking lot. Before I go into uh, to work somewhere, I don't work at Walmart. I work somewhere else. Nothing against Walmart, but it's not uh, not somewhere I would do well employed. I don't think. But anyway, thank you for listening to me rant a little bit this morning. There will probably be more more hashtag manic mornings in the future where I stop by, take five or ten minutes, and just talk about what's going on with me because it's really hard for me to journal. Like, sit and write when I'm feeling like this. Because I have such a flight of ideas. I understand how valuable it is to sit and write and get these ideas on the paper, but it's really, really tough for me. So I think I might be doing more of an audio journal as I go and learn these different ins and outs of my bipolar and my PTSD and the whole full range of mental health shit that I have going on. I think that it may be useful for me to document it in some kind of way. And why not document it here? So anyone else who may be going through this stuff or a late diagnosis or even just struggling with the diagnosis they have now can hear someone else who's having a tough time too. Maybe that can encourage somebody. I know that feeling like I'm not alone is a huge thing whenever I do feel like this. So hopefully that some people can hear this, know they're not alone, and so people will reach out to me afterwards and show me that I'm not alone because... I I get it's I get really really self-conscious about thinking that I'm attention seeking when I talk about this stuff. And I saw a post the other day that said talking about your mental stuff is not attention seeking, you're support seeking. And me being the kind of person going back to the love languages who I express my love through acts of service. If I, if I have someone I'm affectionate for, someone I care about, regardless if it's romantic or not, I want to do stuff to show you that I care. I'm very much actions speak louder than words, which might be kind of weird for someone that's podcasting, and my whole thing is created around you know, writing and speaking. But I think this is only part of the equation. Like, just talking about it's not enough. Talk about the different things that you can put into action to affect the change that you're so desperate to see. And the first step in solving any problem is recognizing there's a problem. I think so many men don't even acknowledge that we have a problem in the first place because we don't want to feel weak. We don't want to feel broken. We're supposed to be fixers. If we're broken, who fixes us? Well, that answer is ourselves. And we get help from peer support. 
You know, we're not doing this alone. We're not we're not islands out there. You know, we're we're, we're networks of keys, maybe. You know, trying to tie it into some Florida stuff with my Florida keys, but but we're all going through different versions of the same shit. And I think if we talk together about that, we could help each other through it, and we could make a healthier, happier, less abusive society if we could be more understanding and more communi- communicative. That's a word, right? Whatever. It sounds good until I question it. We can be more open about the struggles. That means we can get more support with the struggles. We can overcome and achieve more. Teamwork makes that dream work. And if your dream is a nightmare, bring in a good team. And let's talk about it. Let's set up some, some plans. Because it doesn't get easier. We get stronger. One of my frustrations lately has been the fact that it just seems like this struggle is never going to fucking end. Like, I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to either be manic or manic-depressed. Like, this just seems like there's no escaping it. I went to a wedding over uh, this past weekend and met a lot of beautiful people, had a fantastic time. And I'm like, you know what? I've been doing good lately. I'm like, I haven't really been drinking at all because drinking takes me to a bad spot. But I've been in a really good place, super happy, super excited. But it's like I'm getting some control over my bipolar with the meds and the routine building. Cool. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to drink a bit. And then I spent an entire day, you know, drinking um, and then hanging out with a bunch of people in new environments. And I had no idea the entire the entire time, excuse me, my anxiety was building and building and building. Towards the end of the night, I'm sitting in a crowded room with a bunch of new people I don't know. I had a few drinks in me. And I'm getting to have an anxiety attack. I don't even recognize it. Like, my my friend, the at uh, the time, the bride-to-be, actually was one that did notice it. She would come over and check on me every few minutes, being like, hey, you doing okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? You know, like, like why are you why are you bugging me about? And then later at the hotel, I had one of the biggest anxiety attacks I have ever had. And I realized that I I thought... My biggest problem was, okay, what's the bipolar that's causing the root of everything else? And then all the PTSD and stuff from the old paramedic job came back, and I had a friend who last week is the one-year anniversary of him committing suicide. And there were a lot of unresolved feelings and emotions behind that because whenever you – if you're in emergency medicine or if you're in – any kind of medicine where you see people, you know, life and death circumstances or whether you're a veteran or anything where you have, you have post-traumatic stress, whenever something kind of triggers a uh, an episode, so to speak, or, or triggers some memories or triggers that bad place, it's never just that one thing. It's always like a, a cumulative a cumulative effect of everything that's even related to it. Like, for instance, when my buddy was, um, when I was thinking about my buddy who had killed himself, I, I, I really focused on that one incident, but every other suicide I had seen came back, every note I had read and all of it, and there was so much unresolved stuff, I realized that, fuck, I've been focusing purely on the bipolar aspect. I have not been treating the PTSD at all. I had been talking about it. I've been compartmentalizing like so many of us as healthcare providers have to do to function throughout your day because you can't 
can't start a 24-hour shift, get a bad call in the morning, and then that's your day. He's like, no, you got to be able to go back and do more stuff. You have to be able to survive the shift. You have to make sure others survive with you. So it's so easy for us to compartmentalize and then push stuff down to deal with it later, but it's hard as pulling it back up to deal with it later. It usually pops up when it wants to. So I'm realizing that I have to be able to treat everything I have going on in tandem. I have to not only talk about my bipolar stuff now, but I also have to make sure I don't neglect the other PTSD that's going on there too. I need to talk about the things that bother me. I need to, as much as it sucks, I need to relive my nightmares every now and then to make sure I don't have them while I'm waking anymore. And I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do it because whatever I figure out that works, I've got to stick with it for the rest of my life. And it's super intimidating, incredibly discouraging that I have to do anything for the rest of my life just to function normally. But, I mean, this is, what are my options? This is where I am now. I'm doing my best, and there's not a whole lot else to say, I guess. Um, I start I start therapy in a couple of days. I think that's going to help me out a ton. So, I'm not a guru. I don't really I don't really know what I'm doing here. Don't take advice from me. All I can say is talk about what's worked for me. And all I can say is that I struggle, but I fight. And it's a exhausting endeavor, but a worthwhile one. And we're all fighting different things. We're all fighting in different ways. But we're all we're all fighting together. We're all in that same mental minefield trying to get by without blowing up for the day. But anyway, I'm glad that I'm not alone in this. And I hope everyone listening to this knows that they're not either. So if you uh, – I'll be pushing out a lot more content in the coming days. I really want to try to keep building this community – I'm amazed and completely humbled by this this mental health revolution that I'm you know part of helping to spark up, and I'm coming in at a good time for it because it's it's more apparent now than ever that mental health neglect is in the United States and across the world. And I think now is the time to create the communities, to create the discussion, to have the conversation that cuts through the noise. And I'm really happy to have you all talking here with me. So. Thank you. Get involved with the conversation. Check out Tyndall's Razor on Facebook. Check out uh, Justin Tyndall on YouTube for now. I'm going to get the separate podcast pages and everything, get back up, and I'm going to really start investing a lot more time into this beautiful thing that we have all started creating together. So I love you guys. Thanks for listening to my uh, my hashtag Manic, Mon- Manic Monday, not Days Tuesday, right? Yeah, Days Tuesday. Hashtag Manic Mornings. There we go. That's what we're going to call it. So, anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much. If you want more conversation that cuts through the noise, just throw Tyndall's Razor into Google and see what pops up. There's going to be a lot more options in the coming weeks, and I'm really excited to show everything to you all and have you be part of it. So, have a great day, everyone. Bye.